Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Oh, you're kidding me! Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to a full squad edition of Warriors Plus Minus. We we got the gang together. We're home. We're all home, right? Over here. I'm home. We're home. We uh, missed some great basketball. And we Slater. Some, oh, we missed some no, great we, basketball. Well, we missed some great food. Yeah. That was the best thing in New Orleans. Was some great. Although not on a back to back, back end of a back to back, a little rough. But uh, I get it. I've done that. You go run out for food before the game, and then you watch the game and fly home. It's all good. It's all good. So the Warriors are coming off a uh, a bad loss, but they did get their first road win. Uh, eight and ten. I got Tim Kawakami. I got Anthony Slater. Where are we begin, guys? Do we begin with the uh, resurrection of Clay Thompson? I don't think the so. Complete disaster <laughs> that the young guys were. I couldn't even complete... keep the game within forty. No, I'm just. Kidding. I think the complete disaster because I mean that was the freshest thing we watched. Yeah, so. I'll just say without trying to be Mister Hot Take Artist, is it possible that none of these guys are any good? Like not going to be good. I mean, we don't even know about Wiseman. He's not there, but you know, Kerr's clearly some, seen something in Moody this season that he doesn't like. I mean, they can talk about all they want. He's barely playing and played in this game and. I didn't watch all of it or hardly any of it, but he didn't look great. And Kaminga uh, runs around and does stuff, but he was bad, basically, like minus 36 or something. Like, are, are, is it possible they're just not good? So I just, I, this game, as I was watching it, made me think of two games. Um, and the first one was that Toronto game in Tampa. So it was like against the Raptors in Tampa during the pandemic season. They lost it was by about like 50. They lost by 50 something and, you know, the veterans didn't play, but they like met outside the locker room afterwards and were like discussing like their brand, the Warriors brand being tarnished by the loss. Like Kent Bazemore was part of the, uh, you know, I guess <laughs> meeting. I remember that, um, you know, and you look at that game and oh, that, the, you know, Ubre's numbers, like the, all the numbers are really bad. And that to me was like, man, this season is reminiscent of that season where, when you sat the veterans, when you sat Steph, you just get blown off the floor. And then also the game I was really thinking about was last season when when they did the same thing. They rested all the guys in San Antonio and they won. You guys probably remember that. Um, 35-16 in the fourth, they came back. And you go to the nine-man rotation in that game, and it's not very different than the one they had last night. Um, you know, the starters are, are, are pool moody starts, Damian Lee, JTA, and, and Kevon Looney. Those are two big differences. Uh, J, you know, JTA and Damian Lee. But in that game, Moses Moody starts, plays 37 minutes, hits six threes, has seven rebounds, scores 20 points. Like, where is he gone? He's gone, man. That, he got, well, why, though? Who do we yeah, Why like, is he coming off the bench in the game like this? Uh, there's what? something going on. There is something going on. I mean, on the I mean, face, are they just that say, pressed to get DiVincenzo yeah. <laughs> sometime? Like, who is no, who is terrible last night, by the way? Again, it's a terrible aspect of you know trying to put someone out there without Steph Clay Draymond and and Wiggins but man you know it's I and when, when I include like maybe not good uh, defense maybe he's not good maybe Jamichael Green's not good again I'm not saying I'm not coming to that conclusion but I think it's a possibility and 
Kerr's seen something in Moody he does not like. There's just no question about it. Like he just won't play him unless he has to. And then Moody has has responded by not playing good. And either that's well, certainly probably partly Kerr's fault, but he's seeing things that's making him do it. And I got like, can they count on any of these guys? Well, so it's somewhat of a regression because again, I again, I don't want to keep going back to the San Antonio game, but Kaminga comes off the bench that night. He's eight of fifteen shooting, nineteen points. He's plus fifteen. Like that was a good Kaminga night. Chioza, Quindary, Weatherspoon were the uh, two ways. Chio- they need Chioza back. That's partly part. Gary of Payton had uh, five steals in seventeen minutes that night. Um, but my point is, naming like, a lot of guys is different, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. say similar kind of players, right? I think if I can like similar, for sure. Kind of raw. I also think we need to say New Orleans is really good. <laughs> yes, better than New Orleans. Better, New Orleans is better than the Warriors right now. There's no question. New Orleans is better. What like, the biggest question? New Orleans the biggest is question for me is like why, like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga were very good in that Spurs game. And you know, if you think back last year, Kaminga had like a month at a time where he was a good rotation player. Moody, every time they tried him, it was like, got to play him more. He's playing well. Obviously, he has the West Finals minute. They played him more than any teenager in the West Finals besides Kobe Bryant ever. Like they, the, the coaching staff chose to play him those minutes. Um, wh- what's happened? Why have they regressed? MT, you got an answer for this? There's something about how they're playing and how they fit and what the Warriors want to do. Well, Mark, to, to me, there. it's it's I, I feel like and I don't know, like, how do I question Steve Curry? He's got four championships in the end. They'll end up with a deep playoff run and all this will look like a part of his genius. But to me, it feels like he's overreacting to their mistakes and he's trying to break them. That's two. That's two. Yeah, Marcus is, is struggling here. Might have to kick, take him out of the game. He's trying, bring he's somebody trying else to. He's clear. It looks like Ethan, he's trying to Ethan. break them or something. The ghost yeah, like of Steve like, Kerr is trying to break you right yeah, now. Like, exactly right. Down. Like, what are you saying? Just going down. Steve Kerr is the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> Please. Yes. Well, he's looks not like allowing. Me. I mean, he kind of got into it a little bit before the last game when I asked him specifically about Moody's. Like. He's not allowed to make the mistakes he's making. Other guys are allowed to make those mistakes. Steph and Draymond are allowed to make those mistakes. Well, because obviously they've done so much and they continue to do so much other things. And Moody makes a mistake, and it's that dribble into the lane, trying to create and get stuck, which he did again. I saw in my brief viewing of the game, like he did again last night. He just gets stuck, and then he doesn't know what to do with the ball. And as we've said over and over again, what does Kerr hate to see? Guys who are don't know what to do with the ball. They get it and they don't know. They panic. He now, that's have, just not Moody. That's not just he, Moody. Uh, he must have enjoyed last night. 27 yeah. turnovers, yeah. Oh, by the God. way, the and first NBA quarter. high of first any team. was so bad. But um, he just doesn't allow that from Moody or Kaminga. And yet, you see Anthony Lamb do that, and it's fine for now. Ty Jerome did it all over the place last night. Kerr's going to play him when he can. Dante DiVincenzo was doing it. Like these guys are <laughs> other guys are doing it and Kerr is just railing on the young guys who do it because those guys have a future. Yeah. I mean, I see. <laughs> right? I mean, you There's see why Yeah, you can see why it's just like, not helping them right now. So. No, it's not helping them. And it's creating an environment where they definitely don't feel comfortable and they're not good enough to not feel comfortable. That's the, that's the irony of it. Right. Part of it is like, they have to be able to instinctually read this stuff. You want to get them to the point 
where they can be in these spots and know what to do, that they understand what the options are, which requires a level of clearness, right? And Freedom, comfort, yes, right? Like, yes, yeah, you gotta yes, have like, exactly. but, but in the process of trying to get them there, like, the, the way it's happening, they can't possibly feel that way, knowing that, hey, I'm about to come out, or like, if I mess, mess this up, like, so it seems like these are like kind of clashing ideologies or clashing goals here, uh, which what made this game so weird to me, right? Like, this is a game where they're gonna lose, tolerate all the mistakes and put it on tape so you got so you got the film. But you could just tell, like, even in the game, there's just no – I don't know what's happening. I don't know what has happened. And maybe Moody played well enough last year and was clearly the favored of the youngsters last year. And he came back and was like, all right, man, I'm ready. <laughs> and he's got a different kind of vibe. I don't know. But players still think he's got, you know, a future. Like, they still – they, 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 you know, they're not like, nah, Moody, Moody can't play. They're like, nah, he can play. It's just weird watching them go through this because they banked everything on these guys. <laughs> not everything, but they banked a lot a on lot, these guys. A lot. This a season, lot on these guys. This, this season, they pretty much banked on them. And I mean, they can't even. I mean, they got boat raced. <laughs> that was so crazy. Wh- not to shift it to the other young player in the game, but you know what stat was somewhat concerning last night? All of them. 12 attempted threes from Jonathan Kaminga. No. Oh, 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 oh. He took 12 threes. Yeah, yeah but that, that that makes a lot of sense, though. Like, they don't have any spacing. Uh, New Orleans is a good defensive team, and he has a problem dribbling. <laughs> so how is he going to get inside? They right, played like, almost the same lineup in New Orleans a few weeks ago, and Kaminga was going downhill the whole game. He had, uh, you know, several dunks. It, it was actually, you know, a pretty impressive game. I mean, look, young guys, you can't expect, like, you know, they always say, like, it's not linear growth. Like, but he was worse in this game than he was a few weeks ago. Basically, it's the same environment, and he was just chucking threes. Also, like, he was two for eight inside the arc. Yeah, it wasn't like, good. Geez. And. I don't know. Maybe Kerr like has really got a method here, and by February or March, we're going to see a tougher Moody and a tougher Kaminga. I think Kerr is. You know, I don't think Wiseman is going to be in the rotation this season. <laughs> period. Uh, but I also think it's possible that Kerr's deciding these guys aren't good. I just think that's you know, and can disagree or agree with him. I, I don't know. I think we're kind of seeing Kerr like sour on these guys. Now they got to play at least one of them, and I would say it's got to be Kaminga just because he does stuff, and you can see that he can do things. But maybe not if he plays like that. They can't play him like like who's playing in the playoffs? Is it Moody and Kaminga right now? I don't think they're playing in the playoffs. I mean, if they get there, if, if they get there, I just think that's an indictment on like how they've brought Moody along then if he can't because Moody they literally chose to play Moody in the playoffs last yep. season how you know and they honestly chose to start Jonathan Kaminga for several games in the Memphis series it didn't go very well but they tried it and like I don't know I mean like if you're entering the summer I there I I I thought that they could be rotation players like I didn't think it was you know completely out of the question like oh wow why would you even think these young guys are ready to be rotation players it was like yeah they should be like this is they're playing minutes in the playoffs you're right yes. I mean, that's and and at the end of the season no question and 
you know. And not bad, by the way. Yeah. They I mean, were... Kaminga, remember that stint he had during the regular season? It was like six games. You went, whoa, like this guy's got to play. I think Curry even said, like, he's got to be in the rotation. Then he changed his mind. But something has happened where they are. Could they just be too rigid with what they want? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Steve Kerr will say this is what makes them better. And if I can't trust them to do this stuff, then I'm definitely not going to trust them doing the playoffs. But they're not. They're going backwards. Like they are going way backwards. I mean, Wiseman isn't even has gone so far backwards that he's not even in this conversation. There's there's either they're bad players or something has gone wrong with the way, you know, they talked about the new development staff and everything, the best development staff we've, you know, in the league and look at all the stuff that we're doing with them. And they're all like decidedly worse than they were just in June. And with Wiseman, take him out. Who who knows with him, but this is not a, you know, this is not a great tribute to the way they've developed this. And we can talk about the two timeline thing. It's like nothing was ever guaranteed about that. But this is a step backwards that's a little bit shocking. I think for the three of us who've all watched this very carefully, we've all documented, they are way worse, those three guys, than any of us expected at this point. And way they worse. are worse than they were last season. Yes. So dramatically. Like, I'm looking at Kaminga's game log last season. He had a nine-game stretch where it was like all double-digit points like on yeah. good efficiency. There was a six-game stretch, the same. He had 18 points in game four of the West Semis against Memphis in a win. Eight to ten shooting, 18 points. Like These games happened. He had 17 in 22 minutes in a Western Conference Finals game. Obviously, they were like, you know, sprinkling them in, and maybe the environment was better, and, you know, the entire team made more sense when you do have the, you know, Otto Porters and the Gary Paytons. Like, it was just a, a better team environment, so maybe that has something to do with it, but generally, both players just don't look as good. Yeah, more responsibility. Who's talking to them on the bench? Andre. While the starters are in there, who's talking to them on the bench? Andre. If Andre's talking to Kaminga, who's talking to Moody? I don't know. <laughs> Who? Like, Maybe they, they just don't. view they <laughs> incorrectly view Moody like, ah, he's already kind of an adult. Like, he, he's handling himself. I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, I what you're trying you to say, say is like there's just l- way less veteran leadership up yeah. and down the roster. There's no JTA. There's no Damian Lee. Now it's like Ryan Rollins and Patrick Baldwin who are in Santa Cruz half the time. Yeah, and I think Jerome, right? And, when we talk yeah. about what they could do, I do think adding another veteran on that second unit who can defend somebody and get them in structure might be the little thing that makes everything else a little bit better. It's got to be the right guy. And, you know, the only way they could do it is to trade Wiseman for it. I've written this. Well, Andre Iguodala is technically still eligible to play for the Warriors. I don't know when he will. I don't think they can count on that in any way. And in some ways, that's not, I mean, we know how valuable he is. But in some ways, it's not looking so great. Because that's, you know, they they, they already got, don't have a 15th roster spot. 14th is Andre. 13th is Wiseman. Like, you start going down the line, you know, this is not a great assembling of a roster, which we thought was so deep to start the season. Uh, and just let's flat out say it. DiVincenzo has been hurt, but he hasn't been that solid guy. And Jamichael Green has definitely not been that solid guy. I think they're good guys. I think they fit into the team culture. I think they're playing bad. And so they have nobody, you know, they guess who do they lean on? And Jordan Poole's not playing well. The whole thing isn't connected. Like they always talk about. And I think they got to get another player. I mean, I and I think they're they're going to come to that conclusion pretty soon too. I think they got to get one of these players to play. Like you got to get something. Well, that's out of these players. That's you one gotta, thing. I think a couple of those things have to happen. But yeah, I agree. With I you. mean, I f- and 
to be quite honest, if they're all this development they think they are, if Kenny Atkinson and John are as good as they think they are, then you should be able to get something out of them. Like that's like we've heard about this. We've talked about it. They, you know, took a victory lap with Jordan Poole, right? Like if you telling me Moses Moody can't is is suddenly an ineffective player. You telling me Jonathan Kaminga could go to twenty other teams and be good, but on the Warriors you can't get nothing out of them. That's just not an acceptable. Nope. reality and that's already counting Wiseman out like yeah that's, yeah, that's counting Wiseman out no question <laughs> yeah. like you that's just got to be able to get something and, you know you're looking at look we we watch this league there are a lot of young players in this league who make mistakes there are a lot of young players in this league who have weaknesses but they still somehow are good enough to make an impact this isn't the early 2000s the late 90s where a young guy didn't get in the game. Everybody's young. All these rosters are young. So it's not like a rookie is coming in playing against 40-year-old lineups everywhere, right? So the idea that the Warriors can have five of these guys who can't play, right? When you're watching Oklahoma City, you know, you're watching uh, uh, Sacramento, right? You're watching Detroit. And obviously these, you know, all those teams aren't great, but these players are like players. Like they're playing, they're they're making plays, they're making mistakes, they're they're like productive in, in some form or fashion. So how can the Warriors have four or five of these guys and you can't put them on the floor? Like that that just can't be that can't be the case. And <laughs> and somebody don't take heat from uh, above. Yeah. I mean, you put yeah. these guys on another team. Can they play? I would think so. I think Wiseman could play on another team, you know, for sure. Moody and Kaminga. I this has been bizarre. This has really been strange for a team that's touted this for so long. And again, I go back. I started with game one. I keep saying this. Moody was a DNP in game one. I don't, I ne- I just don't understand. And Anthony Lamb is just given 20 minutes a game. Like here, 20 minutes a game for Anthony Lamb. I get some of it, but I don't understand where this puts them. Other than, you know, maybe the state admission just, just got to win games now and then maybe you can develop the guys later. But they're not winning a ton of games right now. And if you lose games like this, then what do you get? If you lose and don't develop, whew, like that is weird to me. And we can talk about the Houston when people get all mad. We don't talk about the Houston win. I thought that was shaky too. Like they needed Steph and Clay to go berserk for them to win in Houston. Like, that's not great. Like, that should be an automatic win. And it was very much not, a, not an automatic win. They literally and, got the greatest three-man, three-point shooting night in history. Yes. 23 combined Sweet from Wiggins, out, Clay, and Steph. And, and like, pulled away late to, to, yep. to uh, well, escape that, that, the Rockets. That stint without Steph in the first half was so bad. It was just so terrible that that's what put the game in jeopardy. And you can't have that. Like, if you're doing this to Houston, you're going to be doing it to everybody. And I, again, and people are going to be mad at me for being critical, but I thought that game was shakier than almost like like a loss would have been because they desperately needed the very best out of this. Game four, Steph. Game six, Clay. You know, like Wiggins playing great, like he did it in the playoffs, and they still almost lost. That's really, really. Well, Wiggins hit six threes in that game, but Steve. Post game was yeah, like he's been not terrible. That was defensively. Yeah, he has not been the same defensively. He was terrible defensively. Yeah. He's not. He's having a hardest time guarding pick and rolls. And you know the interesting part, like even with Moody, 
he was supposed to be the Gary Payton like replacement, right? Moody. It was like, hey, we don't yeah. we, we lost Gary, but we can Moses can do some of that. We haven't seen him. I mean, he can't keep anybody in nope. front of him like he used to, but like put him on an island and say, go guard this guy. Just go out there and pressure him. Like, I feel like those options just aren't being used. Like, all right, you can't do these two other things, but you can do this really well. Unless you're telling me none of these guys like actually listen. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just ain't buying. They not listening. Well, the one I, thing I would say is the difference between year one and year two for a young player's mindset. Year one, it's like learning the league. Okay, take a step back. Any minutes you give me, wow, this is crazy. You know, I'm getting, you know, a few rotation minutes on a winning team. Okay, I'm ready to kind of do everything you told me to do. Okay, you're telling me to come out after three minutes. I'm coming out and I'm like, okay, wow, let me absorb the lessons I just learned in 12 possessions. Where year two, it's like, all right crown me i'm ready like you know give me my 25 minutes let me do a little bit more stuff let me take it to the rim let me if you're coming let me take 12 threes in a game sure um and maybe that's a little bit of battling that mindset where it's like hey you know you kind of still need to have the rookie mindset of like do all the glue stuff that young guys typically don't really know how to do yet in a bigger role and it's like to them a bigger role you telling me moody's not gonna do that moody's out here like let me get my shots you know what yeah, that's kind of what's happening. You know, that's I mean, he's doing the glue stuff too, but he also wants more shots. Yeah, he's trying to take it to the rim a little bit more than he should. Uh, you know, and I'm Tim mentioned it, but like a lot of times that's leading to, you know, he's he's getting himself caught because stuff, he's trying to yeah. do too much and then it's a turnover. And then it's a, and then the other problem which we've already mentioned is then it's a yank out of the game when it's like, you know, maybe he just Needed to be told not to do that, but to stay in the game. <laughs> you know what? It's not just a yank at a game. It's a yank at a game and not play the next three games. <laughs> that's the that's the difference. Like he, he's going stretches like not playing Moody at all. And I think that's that, that's the context that that's like okay, we get it. There's veterans. There's Hall of Famers. There's a way they play, but on a even a decent team, it doesn't happen where the young guy. You know who he? And, and you know what he does. To Kaminga in that sense, he keeps, pl- you know, you're part of the rotation. You're you're in it tonight, first half. Okay, you did two things. I didn't like, you're not coming back in the second half. Yeah. And the there are times, like, where I don't understand, though. Like, they were playing the Knicks late in the first half, and, like, everything was going good. I think they were up 20. Um, and for the last two and a half minutes of the first half, he goes to Lamb with the starters instead of Kaminga, and it's like – Lamb wasn't playing well. Lamb didn't play good in that next game. He actually hasn't been that good the last few games. And it was like, isn't this a time, you know, you're up 20, everybody's feeling good to give Kaminga some time with the starters? Like, why Lamb here? I just, like, that. those are the kind of moments I don't really understand. And I just think he's got to commit to them. He's got to commit. They're going to they're gonna least... play. And that's it. Yep. Like, they're going to play. And if we lose, we lose. We're losing yep. anyway. But if they're we losing lose, we lose. Anyway. <laughs> they're losing anyway. And... Yeah, if it's more minutes for Anthony Lamb or Ty Jerome or Kaminga or Moody, I just don't think it really should be a question. And you know, I get the stuff about like like they, they got to play a certain way, and you you want them to earn their minutes. But like, if we're talking about like you know attitude and whatever, I don't think Moses Moody is actually a that much. You put him in the world of every other 20 year old in the nba he's probably really not think, that bad, yeah right i don't, I mean, I don't think he's, he's in the high like, percentile exactly yeah, so like yeah, they're like, judging this it's like, like the way he'll do 
Yeah, Stanford used to be like, I talked to Mike Montgomery and he'd be, oh, it's Casey Jacobs. Well, you know, I don't want to burn anybody, but uh, he would have issues with Casey Jacobs at times because Casey was clearly an NBA player. I'm thinking if Casey Jacobson is your problem, you are not living in the world that everyone else is living in. And it feels like that sometimes the worst, like they're just judging these guys on a way harsher you know, spectrum than like anybody else. Shade and Sharp, really interesting young player for Portland. Like I look at him and he pops, but he's making mistakes all over the place. All over the I place. I mean, it's crazy the the stuff. Place. But he he's does. also making plays. Exactly. <laughs> like, and he feels like he has the freedom to do that. If Shade and Sharp were on the Warriors, would Steve Kerr be playing him? I don't know. I, you know, I, I mean, he's better than those other guys probably, but like, I just, I, I just jump on that one because I watch him. And the guy does weird stuff. And yet you like, I see why he's playing. I see why they're letting him make mistakes because it's kind of fun. And you think you could see where this could end up. And if Kaminga does one of those, if he dribbles off his leg, like shade and sharp does like three times a game, he's not playing for like a week. But, and you could see, he knows it, right? Yeah. You could see Kaminga when he, when it happens, yeah. like he'd like, Oh, I can't, I can't let that happen. I can't yep. do that. You can see it. It's all in his demeanor. Yep. But yeah, Shane Sharp's a good call because that <laughs> he'll I, like get uh, some crazy dunk, but then like he'll make 17 mistakes on defense. Like he's trying to figure out who's he guarding sometimes. And I'm not sure, but he does so much other stuff and the environment just seems suitable for him. And it's n- clearly not for that. Again, Kerr has the experience. We don't. He's won championships and I don't think we have yet, but um and maybe this all is exactly and what right at the end. It's going to look yeah, like he's doing what he's see, doing the whole yeah, time. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. But wow, it, it, it's it's dramatic. The, the backstepping. And again, I'll keep bringing him up. Wiseman was a second overall pick. Like we can't always go with that, but he was second overall pick and he's out of the picture, like out, 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 out of the picture. And that is a weird just thing for them, you know, whatever you want to talk about the timeline. It's just a really talented player that they can't get into the lineup in in his third year as an NBA player. I don't care how young he is. That is, that is not good. And it's not a sign that he's going, you know, how many guys don't play for three seasons and are good in their fourth season? Not a lot in the end. To me, him, he though is more about him. <laughs> like he yeah, watched yeah. play. That's more about like wise, like he, you haven't been able to use him, right? Because there's just some things that are just really hard for him at this stage in his career. But like Kaminga and Moody, like you've used them, right? You, you've you seen them at like, I want to say the highest level, maybe not the finals, but like you've you've already seen them there. Uh, the interesting part about all this, this idea of two timelines later is like, they're, they're teaching them how to play this championship style of basketball, right? This... You know this more perfect game, right? This this way, and these guys are supposed to be the 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 successors to the current dynasty. But will they be able to play that way after Steph, Clay, and Draymond? Right? Are you preparing them for a way to play that won't be the way they play when Steph is gone? Well, I think you want them to take the lessons of like you know winning mindset, you know, study defensively, you know, no share of the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like lessons. You don't necessarily say, Hey, you know, Moses Moody, you know, post Steph Curry, we're still going to, whoever the point guard is, I guess, Jordan Poole, who actually kind of can play in ways that Steph does, but you know, you, you could flip, 
your schematic tendencies offensively, but you still want to, you know, this is how over the marathon of an NBA season you win. You you do want them to take, you know, be a professional through stuff like that. I do think there will be lessons down the line. You would assume all of them take, you know, benefit from, but you know, but they don't post Kaminga, right? You're not, you're not getting Kaminga 10 feet from the basket and telling him to face up. That might be what you do. That might be part of his game moving forward that, you know, he'll never get to work on because of who he's playing with. That and is the challenge. Like- and, I, you know, I did that, obviously, that kind of that bigger piece preseason about this was the season where you were going to actually get a much better look at, like, how successful this win now, develop now plan was. And it, it was a weird aspect of, you know, what John was trying to do with, um, you know, their developmental plan. It's like, you know, you're working behind the scenes with Kaminga, like, you know, shoot a bunch of threes. You're trying to work on a shot, get it as good as possible. And, you know, in the long term, hey, let's work on some pick and roll ball handling and, and some of that stuff. Like you need to work on that with Kaminga because he does profile when he's 26, 27 years old, maybe to be able to do that, like Pascal Siakam style, another guy Jama worked with. But then you actually put him in the game five hours later or whatever. And it's like, don't do any of that. Like, just get in the dunker spot, get some alley oops, slash, run the floor, swing the ball with yeah. high energy. Yeah, yeah. And that's and, that's that's again, and we've continued to say it, but that is the flaw of their plan. Also, this Curry, you know, this Curry era is extending, and I don't, you know, no one knew how long the window was going to be open. But you know, the thinking probably was right, like this year might be it, right? I mean, in some now we know I, it's I, wide open, and it's wide open. He's <laughs> playing better than ever. I mean. He is exerting more energy in these games than he has since, you know, what, 2021, the playing season. And that was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing it at age 32. He's doing it at age 34. He's going to turn 35 what, in March, uh, and he's still doing it, and this thing is open. So, like, this, you know, they have to play with Steph for two more, three more years at least, right? I mean, like, it isn't like it's over now. Okay, now changing it over next season. That's not happening. So I think that is a problem, you know, that's not a, it's a good problem. Steph's great, but you know, it's not like this transformation is happening. It's going to be Jonathan Kaminga and Jonathan and, and James Wiseman's team. That's not happening next season. No way, no chance, no how. So if they can't play with Steph, that's a problem. And I think we know Wiseman is terrible with Steph and the other guys aren't great with Steph. And that's, you know, that's a huge issue practically. And, and it's an issue, you know, question mark into the future where uh, how good these guys are going to be in any system in any way playing next to anybody. Uh, and I'll, let's just throw out, I mean, Jordan Poole hasn't been good this season and he's the season one. He's a young guy that we've all pointed to as a leader of this group. I think he is a leader of this group. I think he has a lot of talent, but they'd be a lot better if he wasn't like a minus 106, you know, this whatever the hell he is. Um, he's been not good and not good. Okay. With Steph, terrible without Steph and the, the guy they're counting on to be consistently good with that second unit, however, they're going to formulate it now is Jordan Poole. And it is not he's even good. missing free throws. Yeah. Like clanking them. <laughs> Although Steph's, missing Steph's like down in 89, 90 or something right now, buddy. Well, come on now. Who's at 84? Oh my God. So yeah, it's just, the whole thing is breaking down again. It's, it's kind of a perfect storm of things not yep, working out. Yep. Yeah, it is. And so eight and ten is probably pretty good then. <laughs> <laughs> one, one and eight, just tremendous. <laughs> Weird thing about this: the West, you know, if you get it together and you win like 
you they know, go on a five game win streak. Everything is different. It's yeah, gonna you're be, in it's like crazy. third. Yeah. Have you seen like the West standings are crazy right now? Um, they're going to be so, 39 at two and home and six and <laughs> 35 on the road. Be the fourth seed of the West. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One thing that they, one tweak they made in Houston uh, after that disastrous first stint without Curry, which you've already mentioned, was they put Draymond instead of Looney in the second unit. They separated Draymond and Steph, which they don't love to do, but you know, desperate times. Um, and it, it was fine. It was good. It worked. He had a nice connection with DiVincenzo. He hit him back door. Like, um, I, I just assume because of how well, or at least how stable that unit looked for a, a little stretch that Kerr will try that moving forward. Maybe that, you know, again, this doesn't solve the macro problem that we're talking about. Like, why don't a lot of these guys look good, but it could solve the micro, like help them win games. He yep, just can't, he can't sit, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond together. You just can't do it at no time. You can't. I mean, unless you're sitting them all for the game. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of last night's game? Yeah, yeah. you sit them all for the game, but you see what happens when that happens. So let that be a window to what you can't do for, like in the game. Like you can't do that. You, Jordan well, Poole with four guys who haven't played together, it's not going to work. Well, they've tried Wiggins in that group, and it hasn't been good. So. Like Draymond's a much better option with that group, and maybe even with Wiggins too. But like they need a playmaker. They Absolutely. need two of those guys in there. Yes, and that splits up Steph and Draymond again, as Slater mentioned, and that's a non-maximization of what Steph can do, and that, that's where they get. Like, do they try to maximize those Steph minutes and try to get them as high as possible and hold their breaths when he for the ten minutes he's out? Or do they like try to measure it and like get to be a pretty good with Steph's there and not be horrible? It's that they're always juggling that. Yeah. If you split Steph and Draymond, you're going to get a lesser, you know, just a bit lesser of Steph. Well, what's crazy though is Steph is playing so well right now that he almost works in any lineup. And the two man Steph Looney numbers are really good, maybe because Looney's become so good. So, you know, you just, Looney's like a, differentiated version of Draymond at this point. I mean, he keeps your defense stable. So maybe that is the calculation. Like, look, Steph is like, you know, better than ever. And Looney really is better than he's ever been. So that you can still win those minutes, but you know, Draymond can maybe help save the other minutes. I think it's, it's the right way to go. Again, there are sacrifices, but I think, and then you're just kind of praying Jamichael Green is the, is the, so the, the drop with from Steph. Steph with Draymond to Steph with somebody else is much smaller than the drop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To to that lineup, the second lineup with Draymond and without, like, well, since it's an automatic minus ten, <laughs> I would have yeah, to agree. Like automatic, automatic minus yeah. ten, just write Steph, it down. All it is not an automatic plus ten in every fit, right? No, maybe no, Steph's like four plus, or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's an average like plus seven and a half. So if you just so it's it like out. yeah, you automatically like you just gotta you gotta you gotta stop the sinking on that part. And but hey, hey you know who the winner of all this is? Looking like Draymond. Yeah, well, <laughs> you it, cannot. Can you imagine this 
franchise without Draymond? Who spoke at that team meeting? I bet you he called a team meeting to get Clay back on track. It's Draymond Green. Like, hey, I'm the one who's written. This is probably his last season. I think it still probably is. But there are ways for him to be back with them next season and for many seasons. And this is the path to it. He's just so important. And who calls that meeting if it's not Draymond? No, I mean, Steph doesn't call that meeting, I don't think. Andre can't call that meeting. He's not playing. It's Draymond. And he plays so and he does he's not the same Draymond he was as four years ago, but man, he does so many things that they need. And you see it when he's with that group. And they're not horrible because it's Draymond Green out there. Absolutely. Uh he is so valuable. No no doubt about it. What do you guys think about? I mean, you mentioned Jamaica Green's struggles, like Getting Kaminga more as like a small ball center, you know, uh, right now, Jermichael Green's the backup center, but maybe Kaminga and some more switchable lineups. lineups I mean, that's the thing, game. Slater, like, DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green aren't killing it exactly. No, no, they're not. They're so, not. Absolutely not. What, are you are you serious? Like, I, that's the part I don't understand. Well, like, Jermichael Green was out of the rotation for a while, so it's not like, you know, that wasn't underlined at some point, but. And DiVincenzo, you assume he's going to be better than he's been. He's not been good. Uh, Kings fans are on me about that one, <laughs> and they might be right. Uh, but, yeah, I think Kaminga might be a natural five on this team. Like, it's just it limits the other stuff that they don't like and keeps them, you know, really restricted to the things they do like. Run the floor, rebound if you can. I would get one rebound last night. That was probably not great. But um, I just think he need to be. He needs to spend his time close to the basket. Like, but but then who's the back of four? The who's, the, who's the back of four? Then that's the you know you start getting problematic there. Anthony Lamb know. is clearly in already. Anthony <laughs> Lamb, I guess so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Wiggins, uh, you know, four or five. I, yeah, it, it's they need another player. I'm going to keep saying it. They need another player, and I just think they're going to come to that conclusion themselves. I just 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 they need somebody that can really can be a bedrock on that second unit even if you move Draymond into it they need somebody else because they're just not getting all the players we've named like none of them are playing well like Paul DiVincenzo, Jermichael Green, Moody, you know Kaminga like none of them are playing well and they need one other guy they can count on like this guy's gonna Otto Porter was not spectacular last season but man they could count on him hit two jump shots at the end of the, uh, the shot clock every game and grab five rebounds, and they are not. They don't have anybody like that right now. You know what honestly. they never have that like Gary Payton would give them last season, and Otto Porter certainly had games. It's just like games where they were the story. Games where they came to the post game podium because it was like you know, and every question would be like, "Man, Otto Porter's nineteen tonight in Phoenix. Remember the Christmas game? He remember oh, those God, jumpers yeah, those he hit down shots, the stretch? Big Man, shots, yeah. there was uh, Utah. I remember he did it in Utah. And really, Iguodala had a few games like that early in the season too. Um, but Gary did. You know, I mentioned that Spurs game that they won. Gary Payton had five steals in seventeen minutes. Um, they just none of their bench guys have games where they take over for many stretches and become like stories of the game. Remember how many home games like Gary Payton's just energy would just burst the arena for like. It would only be Remember a five-minute Charlotte stretch. game, was it? Yeah, it was like a Charlotte game. I think he dunked on Ubre and. Remember when he got tossed because he dunked on Batatse, um, and then scratched his head right in his face. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> or maybe he got a T. I don't remember if he got tossed, but um, yeah, there's just none of that off the bench. Yeah, they don't. I mean, they were counting on it from the guys who aren't delivering it, and you know, I don't know. They're searching. They're clearly searching, and. 
I just don't think this group has that thing. Now, you know, they get the playoffs just on Steph. Like we know that Steph and Draymond can get them to the playoffs, but if it's tough and they're grinding and they're exhausted and they get in as the fifth seed, I mean, they're not the team that, you know, there's a lot of reasons they've been so good in the playoffs over these years, but they, they haven't really been great. You know, it hasn't been fight through the playoffs every last second. And then, okay, they're great in the postseason. It's always been kind of more like they, they have a spot, they've established a spot, and then they just take care of business in the postseason. And that does not appear to be this season at, at this point uh, with this roster. And, and I don't know. I don't know when. I mean, it's still not 20 games, but 20 games is right about the benchmark, right? That's when teams start reassessing themselves. I, I got to be really close to that if I'm the Warriors. So just figuring out where we are and maybe, maybe have to make. Are some they moves. ten and ten? Are they going to be ten and ten? I, I mean, Clippers is a big game, right? That's a home game. They should like they're good at home, but that's a tough team. If well, we'll see who's healthy for the Clippers. But um, yeah, I mean, they could get to ten and ten. They could get there, but they also well, there's going to be some long road trip. They're going to go one and four on, and then they're suddenly not at five hundred anymore. The road thing is dangerous. It's just dangerous when you're terrible on the road because that just allows for a couple slip-ups at home and all of a sudden you're not good anymore. And they're not good right now. Yeah, Jazz is going to be tough too. You led the podcast wondering whether we should discuss the young guys or Clay, and we just went 40 minutes basically <laughs> on the young guys. Clay Thompson did have a good week. You know, it was a... Rocky week, but it ended in a very good place for him. 41 points and, um, you know, the explosion that he was so desperately searching. You wrote about it. Uh, it's that's at least as the, you know, they reconvene at home as they get the starters back and, and wipe away the mess that was the Pelicans game. Like you have to feel a little bit better about what Clay Thompson might look like. It's definitely a big difference, right? It's a big difference Huge. when Clay Huge. is playing well. Uh, it, it, it it definitely uh, eases a lot of the burden off the second unit, especially Jordan Poole. But also, it almost has to be there because Jordan is clearly not the same player coming off the bench. <laughs> it just he needs to be with the he needs to be with the best players on the team to be his most effective. So they got it. Clay has to be like this. So I'm curious how long he stays in this very unselfish. Very like uh, under control mode. We haven't seen fading shots like crazy. We haven't seen quick early threes. You know where you know where a guy's open, but he took it anyway. Like he's he's moving the ball. He's playing like smart basketball. So I wonder if the validation of that working makes him stay there because it's it it's really working for him. But if it does, that's that's the best sign for the Warriors and. Maybe Clay in that second unit is, you know, a good option if he's playing really smart. Uh, and now all of those guys are more working to create shots for Clay as opposed to looking for themselves. It just creates more options and obviously makes Steph harder to guard <laughs> when the guy next to him might hit 10 threes. Yeah, I think Clay does kind of need to play with Steph. I just think that this, you know, he's was the guy that Kerr would put in the second unit. You know, in the early dynasty years, just because he was that guy that the defenses had to move to and it played off of Livingston and all that other stuff. But uh, I think he kind of needs to play with Steph. And I think Steph likes playing with him. And they just need to zoop up Steph in, in many ways. Like we talk about the disasters of the second unit. 
some of that, man, you got to just protect the step minutes. And Clay is good with Steph. Steph is good with Clay. And if he shoots like that, then it's just a double power nuclear bomb that defenses can't deal with. Well, at least Houston couldn't. I, I don't know what Jalen Green was doing in that game, by the way. I was going to point that out. I I was trying to find him on defense, and I could almost never see him do anything. But that's, you know, that's a young player playing through stuff. He wouldn't be playing on the Warriors. Would Jalen Green be playing on the Warriors right now? I don't, I don't know. He might take two dribbles that Kerr doesn't like and be out for six games. Jeez. Um, Ouch. <laughs> it's tough. Ouch. Man. And I'm saying Kerr might be right about this. Like this is how Steve gets. Kerr guys. always looks yeah. right in the yeah, end. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm always that. leaving that in open. End, I'm gonna, he's always I'm right. I'm going to write a column at the end of the year. I'm sitting down with Steve and I'm going to have to tell him I was wrong about this. You were right. Like I've done Every that. Like, time. I've done Every that like time. four years now, but it is interesting to see these young guys get, get the extended leeway and, you just don't see that besides the point. Um, I think Clay feeling this is good. And I think the team understands that Clay needs to feel like this. And it's a, just a way to, to to keep him involved in the flow. And like, Clay, you're great. And if you just pass the ball three more times, you're going to be even greater. And it's going to come to you when it should come to you instead of you forcing it. It's not complicated, but you can understand what Clay's trying to get to that feeling himself instead of just letting that thing develop. It's going to happen anyway. And so it happened perfectly in that game and we'll see how long it continues. I think he will stay in that mindset Then what happens when like they need a shot and the ball kicks back out to him, but he's a little guarded, but he's got to take the shot and he misses three of them. Like that's going to be the interesting test. He has to take some of those shots. You don't want to take him all those shots, but he has to take some of those shots. Then what if he loses confidence after that? We'll see. I, I I have not been that worried about Clay at some point. I figure what we saw in the finals is going to come back at some point, and and this it did and came back even better. I don't know, TK. But, he's pretty bad. <laughs> but <laughs> into the into the future, like you know, I I just think he and Steph are they they got to ride those guys. See Steph and Draymond that that is who they are and then you got to fix the broken second unit in some form or fashion in some way where it's not every night a kid gonna kill you and i don't know where that is but clay is fine clay is is okay like it wasn't that dramatic a switch for him it's just a little bit and then he was back online slater what do they got to do to fix jordan Poole? probably get him in units that help him a bit more he's got to fix himself too he's um you know he needs a hot shooting stretch that that seems to just like not only obviously the efficiency numbers go through the roof, but he just ju- that just juices him up to play better defense, to not dance around searching for you know avenues to get to the rim. It's just like if he, if he feels like he can pull up at pretty much any time, and there's a forty percent chance he's hitting any three, I just feel like his game completely morphs into something that's much more elite. So he's probably just got to get hot from three, to be honest. Yeah, and feel in rhythm, get himself in a rhythm. He he's a guy that he does have to get himself in a rhythm, and that hasn't happened. It'd be nice if he had a pick and roll partner, but <laughs> the one that we thought it was going to be is not there anymore. He's playing uh, with Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, and maybe he's got a pick and roll. Matt McClung, a good good pick and roll partner down there. Mac McClung, by the way, just um, set a season high in the G League with like forty one points. There you go. There was the answer. They what did they how they how do they miss it? Um, so Ryan Rollins is how they missed it. Oh, I just want a man again. I'm going to sound really mean. Does, does he look as uh, maybe the most unprepared Warriors player to play in, in, in the league since Netovich? Like 
I have no idea. What Did you watch the Alan Smiley each minute? Sir? Okay, there you go. That's a bad one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not a good comparison either. <laughs> by the way, like Nedimich was a pool though. Netovich yeah, Nedimich. I just thought of like the European Derrick Rose. Exactly. <laughs> Nedimich just looked at that like that. He just would catch the ball and go, "Oh my God, I have the ball!" And Ra- how many times did Rollins fall down? Like literally, just fall down with the ball. Man, I was that New Orleans game. He had like thirty turnovers. Yes, it was it's like every time he drove, he's trying to dump it off, and is at somebody's feet. And he just like, doesn't, what he, he doesn't catch the ball. He like he's just in a panic every time the ball comes to him. And you know, we know well, you could tell hates, where Kurt he played. You could tell where he played. He was able to get to the hole whenever he wanted, mm-hmm. right? And he he kind of still feels like he can do that, <laughs> but he is not really working that well. Yep. Somebody's always there in the NBA. He just puts his head down and goes every time. Like yep. he's not. If I just extend offense. my arm out, I can get it. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, or sometimes he can't even get there. Right? They, like he thinks he can get in like five feet from the rim. He stopped and like, uh oh. So that's all being I know mean. is if mean. these picks don't work out, I'm I'm gonna credit Slater because I sat next to Slater when the draft was made. <laughs> Which ones? Which which pick? All of them? Baldwin and oh, Rollins. Yeah. Like. I didn't – I'll just say, like, I do think that, you know, Baldwin and Rollins may, may or may not work out in the long term, but, like, just leaving those two roster spots basically at this point as, em- as empty when you are also leaving the 15th spot vacant, you're really feeling that. You and know, Andre, and Andre. That's three, yeah. and then you add Andre is four, yeah. and then yeah. Wiseman is five. Yep. You got it. You got it. But they're playing their two-way guys, so so like that's part of them not playing the other guys is they're playing their two ways. I, I, you know, there was that last year. Last year you had like you know Weatherspoon as a two-way that could play, but you also had JTA and Damian Lee. And I know JTA and Damian Lee had you know bigger ambitions. They 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 wanted to leave essentially. Um, So it's hard to go find those type of dudes who can plug and play like in situations like yesterday. But to me, Rollins and Baldwin, you just kind of gave up even that option essentially because they like Quindary was that the successor to the yep. JT and they guy. they bumped him for for uh, who not like Jerome Lamb. yeah you know for Lamb. Uh, for Lamb yeah they bumped him for Lamb and which again, you know look uh, I'm not you. I'm not going to say you should spend on a 15th to to the you know ownership group that is spending the most in NBA history, but it, you could have a Quindary Weatherspoon on, in a 15th spot. There's nothing stopping yeah. you except for a tax bill. Yeah, well, I mean, they could go later in the season, right? It just it decreases every day. It's so, prorated every day. Yeah, so, so they could do it later in the season, and, and I think they might. Uh, but, us, you know, there was that report that Patrick Baldwin is, like, looking so great, and he fits better you know, and he's better than Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody. And I, I get the theory of that. And then you see him on the court and he can't play in the league. Like he can't play in the league right now. It's just too fast for him. He can't. Oh, he's, he's got his body right. That, yeah. And by the way, the, f- the front office never picked Baldwin and Rollins no, no. with the idea that they would be able to play right away. That So this isn't a surprise in that sense. Rollins more than Baldwin, though, yeah. right? Because we yeah. were like, who's going to be the third point guard? They're Generally, like, hey, we when you Rollins. Generally, when you talk to them, though, over the summer or preseason, it was like, no, they're, they're projects for both of them are projects for down the line. Now, they expected their more recent lottery picks to be much more ready than they have shown to be. Um, but the fact that they haven't been and you definitely don't have you can't pivot to a JTA, Damian Lee, is where 
it suddenly feels much thinner than we all thought it was going to. Yep. And those guys, yeah, they're not. <laughs> when they get minutes, whoa, man, it is like, wow, is it, it's a, it's not good. Not unexpected, but it's not good. And so then you got five empty roster spots at this point. Maybe Andre plays again. We'll see at this point. I have no idea when that's going to be. And that helps a lot. Could but it also could help a lot for five games and then he's out again. Like just, just the reality of Andre right now. So this is, is way more like 2021. I'm making references to 2021 way more than I thought I was used to start. Like I keep going like, this is very similar to 2021 and that was not a good warrior season, but it feels like Steph going crazy. Wiggins is like in the mix of it on, you know, Draymond's good. And then nothing else. And 15 to five down the stretch. Yeah. That's go. what they're going for. That's what they're going for. But you know what, what that season also did, it really clarified who worked with this team and who didn't like Pascal Wiseman, Ubre. There were a few others like gone, done. Wanamaker. Not, yeah. And I think this, I don't want to be mean, but this season is kind of doing, yeah, this season is kind of doing that too. Like there's just, there's just a separation of guys who can hang with them and who can't. And if Steph's going to be continue to be good, you can't change it over. You got to do what you're doing now. And there's some numbers that are just showing up like they did in 2021. They just absolutely. And we saw what happened. They had to move off of Ubre and uh, move off of Pascal and Wiseman wasn't going to play for a while. And it's kind of the same thing two years later. Brad Wanamaker, Nico Banyan. Remember Nico, Nico? Banyan. Second unit superstar. Hey, that was quite the team, man. <laughs> it was, was a really was interesting season. Yeah, was, right? <laughs> Bazemore was like good that season. Like there's, a, it was a really interesting season to kind of see how that works, see who works and who doesn't. I just like I I, I am flashing back to the season more and more. I didn't think I would, but when Steph's gonna play like this, like it, it does create a, a, a similar reality for them, and they've got to start figuring some things out. And, See if they figure it out this season. Oh, Michael Mulder. Remember Mulder? Mulder. All the greats. About Mulder. All the greats. All the greats. All the greats. All right. We will catch you after the Warriors are 10 and 10, saving the first 20 games and leveling it out, curbing your panic. That's what the Warriors are going to do. Go win two at home and be 10 and 10, and then we'll talk to you again. I book book it. I just got an idea for a comedy series, the grumpy old coach you sour with the world called Cur Your Enthusiasm. Sorry about that. We will <laughs> talk about that all next show. time on Warriors Plus <laughs> Live. See ya. <laughs>